0: I, when someone's coming from a, a totally different perspective, and maybe they don't have the same understanding of trees that I do, or the same understanding of of wellness, generally speaking, you know, it could be emotional wellness, or you know, uh, kind of this like contextual landscape, you know, environmental wellness. People come at it from different points of view, um, and I think part of the joy is is sharing that with people, and realizing that, generally speaking, I think. Um, I and I would say we are are part of a movement, a very exciting movement. But I wouldn't necessarily say we're the majority. I would say that this might be, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, and not everybody's moving in the same direction. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of education to be had.
1: Hello! I don't know why I do it that way, but hi. Welcome. Episode 9 of Season 3 with Mr. Joseph Wallace, a local boy. Assuming you're a local listener, he's a local boy. (laughs) Um, Doylestown, or at least Bucks County, born and raised, and still hangs out on these playgrounds. In fact, he builds playgrounds. It must be a Philly slash Philly suburb thing. Suburb. Suburb, that's not a word. Okay, so what do you need to know about Joe? What we talk, we actually talk a lot more than I expected to about one of the main um, activities that he and I are both engaged in, which is a a men's group called Wide Open, the letter (laughs) Y-dopen. Y for Y chromosome, et cetera, et cetera. We have been engaged together in this men's group for about a year, and it is, as Joe basically points out, one of the most rewarding parts of his week, and it is absolutely one of the most rewarding parts of my week. Um, I did start this group, you could say, but I don't think of myself as anything other than the guy who uh, keeps the calendar straight, keeps it organized, and... Facilitates. It's primarily a conversation for, of course, men. And a lot of what I am conscious about when we're in our conversations is what you're going to hear. And I keep acknowledging that it's extremely relevant to just what I am clearly (laughs) the drum that I apparently am beating for now, which is the need for agreements you're going to hear that in the beginning you're going to you're going to get a feel for how that's so obviously key for me but then you're going to get a sense of something that i think is equally significant if if not sometimes more which is the need to or not the need but the awareness that you don't need a point so to speak um i think we both found ourselves <laughs> during this conversation with the sense that yeah we're we could keep talking about this, but it's equally valuable to just sit and and be in be aware of what we're aware of and in a sense, be in all of what we're both aware of together. Uh, it could have been, you know it could have been the the nice lighting. We had the candle lit, and it was the sun set, and we're in this beautiful, cozy office, actually, the first re- podcast I've recorded in my completed office. Maybe it was that. Maybe he maybe it's just that he's such a sweet sweet guy. I don't know. But the the conversation was by no means forced. I think it was it was very enjoyable. I think it was uniquely um peppered with this this sense that we both had, which is this is uh this is just easy. We don't need we don't need a point. We, neither one of us needs a point. We're just sharing what we care about and what we Passionate about, which is great. And I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> um, eventually, we get into the specific lens through which Joe sees the world, which is as a, well, one of his lenses, but definitely a big one, is as a landscape architect and somebody who I believe, I'm not, I don't think I'm putting words in his mouth, but sees landscapes, literal landscapes, as Reflections of our of us of ourselves and our psyches and our um, the inside. It's and to him the the ability to transform a landscape is is the means of transforming oneself, or as he would phrase it, becoming more self actualized, or you could just say self actualized, I guess. And I guess I'm finding myself in in a very uh, pleasant position of seeing that these this is just what's gonna be flowing with Movement Matters. <laughs> I I pretty much, when I invite a guest on, I think to myself, well, we clearly have a nice rapport and the conversation is interesting to me. We should record something and just see what happens and see where it goes. And not surprisingly, to some extent and and I do not try to make this happen. We go into this um, space where we're allowing ourselves to just see what are the patterns what could be what could we understand better and in a new way together and for others and I hope you enjoy that if you don't this uh <laughs> these next few episodes may be tough to get through, but I do hope you enjoy that. That is clearly what's going to be happening. Fortunately for you, if you don't like that, there will be other things that Happy Grow Media is um, presenting, other channels, ones that are hopefully more obviously entertaining or funny or just uh, not all me. (laughs) But if you're here, and you're enjoying movement matters. I suspect you're gonna you're gonna wanna get on this this train for a little bit, because I think we're on it. I think we're gonna be on it for a little while. So just gonna have to go with that. All right. So that's Joe, or here's Joe. That's that's the broader ditty, but here's Joe. My good friend, and hopefully someday yours as well. Mr. George Bailey. I mean Joe Wallace, but he's basically George Bailey. Enjoy. All right, now let's see. And uh, there we go. Okay. Only because I, th- I just think I should do it the way I normally do it, just because I don't want to screw anything up. <clears throat> um, no, you'll be you'll be invited back in a few years when you're probably available again. <laughs> I have to say, yeah,
0: you know, was <laughs> this the third third time?
1: Her time is supposedly a charm. (laughs) Here we are. Anytime you're trying to juggle busy schedules and
0: COVID and all the things.
1: What's COVID? That sounds stupidly (laughs) ignorant. Gosh, Joe, and here we are. We have our masks, though. Some people only do this remotely, and I respect that. You're not putting it on, right? No, I think as long as we're as long as we're we're, distant, um, we're not though. Just so you know, we're not. We're four feet. <laughs> Are we? I won't be won't be spitting at you. We were discussing the, the need to bubble. Well, first off, I think I'm, I think we're technically recording now. Are you good? Perfect. Okay, that's the intro. Oh, welcome. Good to be here, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Joe Wallace. Like we said, third time's the charm. Glad you made it. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. How's your day been, this beautiful, sunshiny day?
0: My day, Friday, November 13th,
1: 2020. Friday the
0: 13th. It's good. I spent the morning with my mom, who, Maria Wallace, birthed me, turned 58 years young yesterday. So I spent the morning with her and had a nice cup of coffee.
1: And did you now?
0: It was a really great way to start
1: the day. At her place, at your place? Yeah, at uh, place. The,
0: their house where I grew up. And um, yeah, it was delightful. Uh, it's been a really, st- I mean, you know, the last couple of days and weeks, <laughs> it's been really stressful. It's been over the top in every for me at least, over the top in every way. And then I'm trying to figure out how I feel and what I'm doing now. And seeing my mom today was really helpful. <laughs> Because she's really sweet and kind and just a g- all-around good person. So spending time with her this morning was exactly what I needed. And I worked, which was fine in some regards, stressful in other. And I was looking forward to being here with, with you and, I don't know, kicking the ball around a little bit.
1: Yeah, let's kick the ball. Let's kick with a little bit i think we need to move your mic a little bit closer to your face so you can adjust with this guy i -hmm. think or gal however you want to look at it or thing that sounded dumb um so a couple things you just hit on one you're a local boy which is lovely and i i guess i've been thinking about how i don't only talk to local people at this point and it's because I've allowed myself to give in to the need to do some of these remotely. You can reach larger and wider groups. Um, But you're from here. Mm -hmm. I wonder how I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how many people know you and know who would probably be listening locally. How, how much you are the kind of guy who would just want to go see his mom and be fully fed by that. And, And mean it sure. wholeheartedly without a sliver yeah. of insincerity or it being disingenuous. It is 100% not at all, yeah. true. <laughs> it was great. What a refreshing thing. Uh, that makes me immediately think of our what we do every week, which is our the wide open time. And I wasn't planning to start there, but why the heck not? Or yeah. to go into that. But yeah. Wide open's great. I what is wide open? Gosh, you know it's why the letter I. The letter.
0: It, it's been great. I mean, it's a group. Uh, for those that don't know, and I assume a lot of people don't know, it's a group of guys, and we meet. Joe, I, I'll be honest. I, I have no idea who listens. To this show. <laughs> Colin, it's just the two of us. We're gonna turn this off and listen to it, and it's gonna be two listens. It's,
1: it's probably just the person who I have on and me normally. <laughs> But that's good enough. <laughs> but go on. You know For what? those of you who don't know,
0: I mean, wide open—a group of guys. We get together every Monday, and we've been doing this weekly since March, since COVID hit, landed, started, changed our lives, and we talk about what we're going through. I mean, as Mister Rogers would say, we talk about our feelings. Ooh, yeah, good right? old Freddie, Fred Rogers. We we. Why'd you bring up Fred? I think about him a lot. Yeah. I, just over the last couple of days specifically, I've been.
1: Well, on that note, I'll yeah. acknowledge that wide open sort of, it's, it's sort of like evolved in March. Cause mm-hmm. we went and saw that together right. technically last year, Beautiful which was still part of this whole, whatever you want to call it. Men's, uh, gathering, Yeah, you know, when men's regular gathering, oh, I just noticed you switched where the building is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll explain what that meant. But yeah, and we went when what was it last fall? And we, we did. wore our cardigans. Yep,
0: cardigans and all. And we went and watched Tom Hanks. That was great. Yeah.
1: But technically that was still this that was like a earlier version of what we do now.
0: Yeah, that was version
1: 1.0. Version yeah. 2.0 uh
0: really came about in March.
1: Yeah, and then we gave it a name.
0: Yeah. And it's just sp- it's special. I mean, I I never realized how much. I wanted or or needed something like that in my life. Like having a group of guys to talk with about everything. And we do talk, we talk about everything. We do. Um, You know, some people come and they're having days that aren't great. Some people are having days that are great and there's everyone in between. And some, you know, it kind of fluctuates as you know, different people are on the call every week. Um, It's nice to talk with a group of guys about things that are important to us and what we're going through at this time in our lives and the world, which is, what can you say about the world these days? I mean, it's
1: bananas. It's a good question. It's just- I suspect we'll say a few things about it. Yeah,
0: but. it's so wild. But I really appreciate having you guys every week, more or less, to just talk with and bounce ideas off and maybe not even say anything hugely important, but just to be in
1: right. the same space. Right, potentially just to hear each other and. To to see each other and to to be heard and to be understood and to be seen, those are fundamental needs, whatever you want to call it, connecting. I'm I'm going to hark to over the way of the superior man there, which is one of my canonical, I guess, books. I read it some time ago, probably 2009 or something. Mm -hmm. And actually, that was where I realized from reading that, oh, yeah, I do need that, because there's a specific chapter about how important it is for men no matter across the board to have time with just other men and similar similarly kind of mm, heart-centered or oriented kind of men who who have obviously similar or or, um, congruent passions and focus but just as men yeah and to see what that allows for and i don't think i really got why i need that until way later Mm -hmm. and remembering that that was a normal thing as a kid. And I don't think that it's contextualized. I think it happens for natural reasons as opposed to like you go be with just the boys or you go be with just the (laughs) girls. There's something natural about it. But uh, yeah, the need for that has always been there for me since reading that for sure.
0: When you were, I'm curious, when you were growing up as a kid in your household, were you around guys that were... Open and talking about their feelings—is that the kind of household you grew up in, or was it, you know, maybe a little more uh, traditional—the way that men typically, you know, the last couple of decades think about Mm. their feelings, a little bit more?
1: I would say that not so much on your sleeve. Household, more traditional. Yeah. Love my dad. Um, very, very. I'm a champion of my dad. I think he's a great, great guy, great dad. Definitely. I parent Griffin differently than him in that one particular way where mm-hmm. I am. I have, and I do continue to prioritize that aspect of relationship talking about feelings. He did not. And, and he's thank God, uh, still with me. I think that it would be good if he wanted to do that anytime. And when he does, I think he, he knows it's valuable, but we didn't get that as in the household. Yeah. Um, got it with friends though. But only some of them. Most of my friends, the really close ones, were formed through playing sports. I was always the more athletic guy. And some of my teammates, we would eventually go there, especially in high school and sure. definitely in college. But not all. Certainly was not the norm. But I don't think you necessarily have to talk about your feel. I mean, that can look a bunch of different ways. Right? right? We do it. I like to do it in a sort of sloppy sense these days (laughs) like i don't think it's i studied nonviolent communication for a long time too and i really value it structurally i think it's incredible and i i I welcome it but i think you gotta play around a little bit and just not be afraid to just say something really crass at times too and just acknowledge like it sucks and and let out a few swear words and and belch and fart and don't be don't be shy and yeah, talking about your feelings doesn't have to be, too. It doesn't have to look like anything. It can no. Be very. Yeah. You can still be playing pool or throwing darts or. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be rigid. It doesn't yeah. have to be.
0: Yeah. Proper or or formulaic in any in any way.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which not that you suggested that. I guess I have that image of how somebody could. I imagine if somebody could think of it that way, mm-hmm. almost like a therapy session. Mm-hmm. That's the distinction that I definitely care about. Like, yeah. we don't, I definitely, I value that kind of communication right. with anybody, but I think in wide open, do you think we normally do that? Which part? Like more therapy style?
0: No, I think yeah. to use the common parlance, sometimes we shoot the shit, <laughs> which I think is great. I, I think that's just as helpful helpful right. meaningful to me you know I, I i don't like being serious all the time my default is to talk about serious things and 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 in, in earnest um but sometimes you that can't gets a little tiring it does <laughs> yeah you can't be so damn serious all the time the world's too <laughs> serious let's loosen up a little bit um
1: yeah it I is meant it's a, to be a place where we can be well then i actually think a lot about what the why of course could represent i've i've considered when i do my presentation this might be part of it Um, excellent i know right and what i mean by that is of course we do presentations in wide open every now and then and we're going to get to what joe presented on in a bit um but the the Y is of course the y chromosome but also the the symbol of two things meeting together to form that trifecta if you will and the two things i believe we've kind of identified as a group are the spirit of adventure with a solid foundation that's how i instinctively want to word it these days is that we have that solid foundation and we really cherish the spirit of adventure and exploration and we sometimes call it play right so that kind of opens you up to do a lot
0: yeah and and not having uh, not holding too tightly to um expectations about any of those right right and, you know, play can look different for everybody. And, and uh, I mean, as you know, probably better than a lot of people, right? Just the way that people can be silly and they can move and interact with each other uh, can take a lot of different forms. And for us, when uh, when we chat every week, more or less, I think it looks different just about every week. Definitely. Yeah? I mean, sometimes we're presenting, sometimes, you know, um, someone's sharing and, and we're getting into the weeds on things. And sometimes, you know, maybe talking about, current events, which is fair these days. There's a lot to lot to unpack and how,
1: and what do we do with it? Well, yeah, I, I knew we would have tactfully explore that for part of our time tonight. And sure. I'm curious, why do, you, why do you think we don't often get into that as a group? Politics? Well, technically you said current events, but oh, is right. that synonymous oh, yes. with politics? <laughs> <laughs> top All of right. mind for me yeah well let, let right me brief let me frame it this way the idea that you know you go into a bar you don't talk about politics and religion right. i i can't stand that i think that's bullshit like mm-hmm. as a as men i don't know how we're supposed to avoid quote-unquote politics or religion or whatever religion means like right. our beliefs or whatever you want to call it the idea that we need to avoid that drives me nuts, and of course, not that people knew this, but I, I often am facilitating to some extent, or at least mm-hmm. I, I do the, behind the scenes organizing, and to whatever extent I, am ever pushing for something like that's the one that's so, rarely to me, uh, appropriate, right. the, politics or religion. Got into a little bit on Monday in a good way, which I can update you about. Cause you you weren't there yet, right. but uh, we do. You perceive that we rarely get into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem to be.
1: So, what do you believe in these days, Colin? Uh, red or blue?
0: <laughs> What's, uh Where where are you falling? No, it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to land that way for a lot of people. Uh, I mean, no, personally, I come to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't with this group necessarily feel the urge to talk about it because, you know, since we've started, politics and current events have been so toxic. Um, You know, the only reason I would bring it up is just to say, wow, this really sucks. You know, people are very angry and divided and I don't like that, what do you guys think? Like that would be the only way that I would want to bring it up or discuss it. Um, And typically by the time I get to our, our talks on Monday I'm, frankly, I'm kind of worn out <laughs> on current events. I try and it's to, only Monday. And it's only Monday. Um Which so the start of the week, Yeah, right? quote, I, unquote. I'm not necessarily looking to, to get into that sort of discussion um, with, with that group.
1: No, I don't think anybody yeah. really wants to, mm-hmm. primarily at least. Right. That's not a primary desire. But I do think that people... I think if we could figure out how to, which we've occasionally done, but pretty consistently we don't. Right. Um, I think if we could figure out how to, it would be to our benefit. But again, I don't think current events has to mean politics or religion for that matter. But yeah. I'm I'm just curious, how can we? And I believe we can without... Like I heard somebody just say today, and it's uh, somebody that I'm extremely grateful for cuz i think what the work he's doing is as important as anything else as important as anything environmental which of course we will get to sure and he pointed out like well you know we the whole point of <clears throat> you could say a different a couple of different ways but the whole point of a government is to avoid conflict really You could phrase it the other way and to say to provide structure or order, Mm -hmm. but you could also say to avoid conflict. Yeah. Depend, I mean, they're both probably true. And trace the history of the current forms of a nation state, it probably is true. I like the provide. Yeah, of course. I like the provide side. (laughs) I'm on the provide side.
0: Right. But prevent is, prevent is important. Two sides of the
1: same coin, arguably, in the context of there being a, govern a governing body for a group of people right and i guess the the point is that the primary thing that keeps people from falling into the dangerous conflict kind of interactions and ways of engaging with each other are agreements yeah,
0: shared. My trope.
1: Yeah, shared <laughs> reality. Yeah, my whole trope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's. I'm not interested. I think that I talk enough about that in general, and <laughs> I'm not sure that the, any podcast listener would would be tired of hearing that. And Remember, and, Colin, we're the only two podcast we listeners. We might be, <laughs> except for that other guy. That <laughs> Maybe three. Me. Three people will be listening. No, I, 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 I jest. Do you think, though, that that's important as a as wide open for us to have agreements? Yes. Don't jest with me, way. I have my serious glasses on. Thou shalt not jest.
0: <laughs> I, uh, cert, to a certain degree, I, I do. Um, I think it's it's important that we we have a common understanding, more or less, of where we're coming from. But we do. You know, there's one guy uh, on our call who- um, Name him, name him, name him. Um, John F. Kennedy <laughs> stops by. And yeah, there's a guy on the call who who consistently um, reminds, at least reminds me to, to be open to <laughs> the fact that there are people com- with completely different points of view, which I, I know that intellectually, but to talk with somebody who comes from a completely different, Base and a different foundation. And then those, those agreements are going to look a lot different. Um, so the short answer is yes. I think I think agreements are really important. Agreements of, I will, I will let you speak and I will respect what you have to say. And um, we will have a civil discourse and I will treat you with kindness. Whatever you say, I think that's a fundamental agreement that we all share.
1: But it starts to get a little funny after that We have actually primarily arrived at that. And I didn't even, that's not one that I actually expected or foresaw, but we we have, yeah. Yeah. And I I use the phrase heart-centered. I do think that many of us, if not all of us, are instinctively um, oriented towards each other in that way. Yeah. And I mean- Without even needing to really work on that together. Yeah. I think we're all kind of
0: at the same place on that. Beyond, but beyond that, I don't know that there's any other agreements that you can fundamentally get a group of people to adhere to. I mean, the group of people, guys, we're talking about. You know, we come from somewhat similar backgrounds. I think there's more agreements in general. But if you're talking about people connecting and and trying to understand one another, <laughs> big sigh. Uh, big sigh. <laughs> That's probably the only agreement that uh, you know. If I was sitting down with someone with completely different views on anything. That's probably the only one that I would say, okay, at the very start, you may believe X, Y, and Z, but let's just agree that we both have our opinions and I will respect yours, you'll respect mine, and we'll try to understand each other with a little bit of kindness and maybe we'll come out of that conversation, maybe uh, understanding why we believe in what we do a little bit better.
1: Yes. And not surprisingly, the people that have stuck with that context of conversation this long are primarily coming from a, however you want to word it, nonviolent place, compassionate place, kind place, focused on connecting is, is, that's sort of implicit with all of us at this point. And there's, to whatever extent I have. Any push with anyone there is yeah. this curiosity that i i will not be giving up on to see how <laughs> far our agreements can go yeah and I, I let's shift to what i typically think of as one of your primary passions yeah. um you agreed that blue zones are still relevant but specifically just uh is it calling it the environment simple enough or accurate enough sure. i really don't like calling it that but because it implies so many silly things but yeah the let's shift to that as a as a topic for a moment and <clears throat> recognize, I guess, that well, we can come back to the, the point about agreements and I think it'll be a nice preface to see where we go with how to even talk about environment and blue zones sure as one aspect of that. So why don't you introduce what you care about with respect to the environment what blue zones Ooh. are. Yeah, this is great. How long do we have? Are we gonna be here until uh, early tomorrow morning. <laughs> I wish. I know I told you I'm the one that's gonna have to <laughs> pause for tonight, which is not normal. No. And we have a we have an hour sure. for now. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we have a solid hour and and we can do more another time. Absolutely. In about five years. In about five years. 2025, ladies and gentlemen.
0: What I care about and you know, informs of what I, I do. You know, you mentioned the Blue Zones, which is a work by uh, uh, Dan Dan Buettner, which you have another one on your there. shelf over yeah. up there, which is great. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it's really about our environment. Uh, human beings were shaped by our environment, which we all know. But the degree to which our happiness is shaped by our environment, um, our well-being—that's uh, what I'm I'm really passionate about. You know. In my profession, what I do and what I study. Um, I'm a landscape architect and we design spaces. We design neighborhoods and parks and trails and all the things that we, we, we inhabit. We inhabit spaces, and those spaces effects affect us in really in really meaningful ways. And and the whole idea behind Dan Butner's work in the blue zones is looking at the places in the world that have the uh, the highest number of centenarians, the people that have reached 100 years of age and are still living actively and and moving and living vibrant, full lives. And what are they doing? And he really distilled in a couple interesting ways what the factors are for these centenarians all throughout the world. And part of it's a plant-based lifestyle to a certain degree, Um, movement to a certain degree, tradition, religious tradition to a certain degree, community, um, and then where they live, their environment, um, you know, which is what I'm really passionate about, is movement and activity a part of their day. You know, it, in in my work, a large part of what I do is designing for walkability and bikeability so someone can leave their house like you and I can do, you know, in the Doylestown Borough in lovely Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Um <laughs> We can leave our front door and go on a bike ride like we do and, and bike to Del Val College, or we can, you know, walk to the supermarket or walk to library. And there's so many things that, for me, like it's like this wonderful Venn diagram once you start thinking that way, like you know walking out your door, you're, oh hey, Colin, you know meeting your, your friends uh, and neighbors, which psychologically, we feel a little more connected, moving our bodies. Um, is great, you know, preventing all sorts of maladies and and uh, it's good for our bodies. Uh, it's great for the environment, the less we can be in our cars and all the fossil fuels that go along with that. So, so yeah, blue zones and, and thinking about places that make people happy. And, and, and on top of all of that, thinking about our environments and designing our environments to make people happy has all of those other benefits. The happiest environments are also the environments where people are the healthiest and where they move the most.
1: In an, yeah. yes. And so obviously I have the book yeah. here. Um, my understanding in a nutshell, which obviously is adding on to what you just said or um, echoing what you just said, is that the point is they're blue zones of happiness. Right. The word happiness is implicit with it. right? And the specific formula as I recall is these are the places, of course, where people are living the longest, but the why seemingly has to do with they have the most sense of purpose. They're found, they find pleasure in that purpose and pride for how they, I think, just generally live. Yeah. Like Purpose, pleasure, and pride right. are actually fundamental to the whole formula of happiness, right? Yeah,
0: and there's interesting communities. There's different communities that... I wouldn't have expected to show up on that radar like Singapore shows up really highly, and you know they're they're a very um, successful culture for a you know for a lot of reasons. But pride was the reason that they showed up on the blue zone's radar because there's a pride in in doing good work, in being efficient and being a, a contributing member of society, and that's that's where they get their you know their their longevity uh from it also helps that they, it's a really small place and in the united states is 330 some odd million people you know are where, we where, <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah pride and purpose they're really fundamental to living a meaningful life at least by what what he's called out and i think there's i think there's a lot of truth to it
1: i'm probably gonna I, I, Suspect I will yeah. bring this back to movement and agreements because you brought movement up quite a bit there. Um, I want to acknowledge the fact that for you this journey, you now are literally working as a landscape architect, has been very. You you've put in a lot of work. When I met you, however many years ago, yeah, a couple more hair follicles ago, <laughs> um, before I was sporting the Walter White, yes. You were drawing beautiful little cartoons yeah. and brightening people's days as a tel- as a bank teller at yeah. Wells Fargo. Oh,
0: that was a great job.
1: Were you, I love to see you would, <laughs> I don't know how many people would say that. <laughs> no, what? Oh, and, I'm sorry, continue, and I'll-, I'll- we have a large Wells Fargo audience. Big <laughs> movement podcast brought we're to you by, Wells Fargo. by Wells, Fargo. Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo Bank. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah. Please pick this up, please. Please, yeah. We are all about corrupt businesses. <laughs> yes. Corrupt. Work. Sorry,
0: I'll, I'll get back. I'll, I'll briefly say why I enjoyed that job so much. But you, you were getting you're getting at a, a, a good
1: not point. corrupt. He didn't say it. I said it. Um, <laughs> nothing corrupt about any bank, anywhere, ever. Not <laughs> Wachovia or whatever it is. So. Yeah, just Draw, um, drawing notes. Drawing on- yeah. Notes, and were you as were you present or were you aware of your passion in the same sense then as you are now?
0: Yeah, and it, but in a, a totally different different way. The reason I enjoyed that job so much is I lived two blocks south of 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 the bank, and I would walk to work every single day. Um, and I got to know you, and I got to know my friends and my neighbors, and you know former bosses mm-hmm. and college professors at Del Val and shop you know shop owners and all the fabric of, of town. you know the mayor was a a regular customer. you know the bank been there since the 1950s, you know, the early 50s, 52 or 53. So you had a lot of people that had been there and part of that community. and you know my downstairs neighbor and my apartment it was, it, it was just this wonderful, you know, the bank itself was was terrible, you know? like The, the actual bank work <laughs> was,
1: get was miserable,
0: a- <laughs> but but the connection to the community of, of people was so important to me. And I felt, and still f- feel, I you know I have friendships that have, have come from that. I felt a part of something bigger than myself, which for the first time, that was the first time I ever felt that way. You know, I was part of a community of really wonderful, nice people who all lived in the same place. And that, Realizing that a lot of the reason I liked where I was living and I was so happy with my life at that time was the fact I was in the type of environment where I could walk to work and I could see my neighbors uh, in, you know, kind of like these casual ways, which you can't get when you drive everywhere. It's just not possible. You don't have those spontaneous interactions. And so I started thinking, how could I? Be an agent of making pl- more places like this. You know, looking around the world and realizing Doylestown and walkable communities are not necessarily the norm um, in all parts of the world, especially not in the United States. There's certainly a shift towards that. But that job and that time in my life, which was so wonderful, was really a, a product of where I lived. And I wanted to, and still really want to, design places. That give other people that same sense of community and belonging and happiness, um, while at the same time making hopefully nudging people towards uh, health, nudging people away from you know getting in their car all the time, which just has so many wonderful benefits. But yeah, working at the bank and dressing up in my you know 19th century bank teller outfit—that's uh, kind of you did. You really great. Did. I remember it. Yeah, stupid handlebar
1: mustache. <laughs> 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 I very clearly remember the first time I saw you in the drive-through. You're you're describing, yeah. essentially, as I hear it, the out an outline for how this area and many areas could obviously become blue zones, which is pretty much the point of the book and the focus right. of that whole um, uh, philosophy, if you will. <clears throat> and specifically, you keep bringing up the ability to walk and or bike live locally if you will you didn't use that sure. word Pri- or have a have a locale um movement sounds like a pretty fundamental piece to your in your vision for how people could be happier fitting you're on this podcast right. i i can't to i, I don't want to act like i'm coming from some sort of uh like uh almost like there's a punchline here but to me what you're describing. I won't wait to get into it I'll just say it yeah is the desire for certain agreements. And I I don't have any real point in point in acknowledging that other than to me it just seems obviously the, that the only way some kind of shift could take place is if more people become aware of and value what you're describing and that right. is to me that implies that we're going to be agreeing upon what to value. Do you know what the, and the interesting thing is, you know, what what's that old saying, it's
0: hard to hate somebody up close, mm. right? When you, just thinking about agreements, when you live in a community where you're close to other people and you get to know people and you have a, a shared sense of, you know, this is your community, whatever that means, and it can be a community in, in this country, a community anywhere in the world, but if you have a sense of, you are my neighbors and I, I care about you, the fact that you may vote differently or you may believe something that might be contrary to how I feel becomes a lot less important. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Bruce is a really good guy and you know he treats his family really well and you know when he says he'll do something, he does it. And yeah, he believes something differently than I do, but God, he really, he's an amazing cook and if you tried his barbecue, I'm like, it's, a, it's incredible. It's like it, it makes a lot harder to, which I think is a good thing, it kind of nudges us towards seeing people for what they are and not so much I don't know, the, the choices that like those are more superficial choices.
1: Yes. And I guess what I was working out as I was saying it is the is what you kind of just answered. The question might have been something like it almost sounds like to you changing the literal landscape is the methodology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and <laughs> and yes. I would acknowledge, of course. Yeah. Hell yeah. And what I, it just makes me realize, okay, yeah, that's obvious. And that makes complete sense. And what we are both engaged in doing in, in different ways and in different scales is that to me, yeah. the landscape is primarily, I call movement or the body of primarily with individuals, but it's, it is meant to be about the psyche and right. belief systems and thinking patterns, but it's still a landscape. But the, the f- intention is, however, indirectly at times to still catalyze that possibility right which is exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Of a different or new or dare I say, better, or maybe more specifically for you, a George Bailey esque kind of norm. <laughs> <laughs> you want the moon, Mary? I'll throw a lasso around it and bring it
0: down. Yeah, I do, not my... only
1: can you do that, you you do live that way. I, I do love that movie for
0: a lot of reasons.
1: Yes uh, you do. And the Yeah you actually, in a more literal sense, are, it sounds like, focusing on, and it doesn't have to be with the direct intention, but I think it is part of what fuels you, focusing on changing landscapes yes. to change social norms and habits and beliefs and thinking. It doesn't need to be direct. All the things, yes.
0: Yeah, what he said, yes. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I... I, I think it's really difficult to have any sort of meaningful change within yourself if you're in an environment that doesn't nurture you and nudge you in the right direction. right? If you're in an environment that
1: No, you know, it's tragic, how could it how could you? I mean right. it's I don't think it's rocket science to see. You need as a, a biological mammal that we call a human, you right. need the same kinds of things that every other. Seemingly biological mammal. I don't know of any other mammal that doesn't have the, some of the same needs as humans, and yet we negate them, which is pretty much the point, right? right. We un- we're we negating our needs.
0: Yeah, the fundamental urge
1: to be close to other people,
0: to move, to feel a part of something. You know, we don't have a society, in some ways, that, that values... Who we, you know, who we are fundamentally, and who and what we need.
1: Yeah, who we are, what we are, yeah, and what we need. <clears throat> it's going to take people. People are going to have to see that. But it's but yeah. your work is about helping create this the literal settings for right. that kind of for the the seeing to just occur, sort of indirectly. Yeah, there's. N- because beauty is beauty, right? You, you used the yeah. word beautify. I think you did. I may be projecting. I think you did. Use that's it, what, that's <laughs> one thing that, you
0: know, in, in my work in the other office that I'm I'm a part of, that actually comes up a lot.
1: Beauty? Beauty.
0: And a client's A respond. beautiful
1: Japanese maple yeah. is a beautiful Japanese maple yeah. to anyone with, you know, with that doesn't have smudgy. You know, <laughs> anyone
0: the, that doesn't have cataracts. The clean, gla- oh. the clean glasses. Oh.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, beauty is really well, literally and figuratively. Yeah, I meant like <laughs> their, their lenses are clean.
0: But no, beauty is really important. Um, living in places that are nice to be in and beautiful to look at, not just with the you know green, like having plants. Plants are so important for a lot of reasons and trees, but places that you know please the senses and aren't you know offensive to your eyes. You know, when I I have got family in New Jersey who I, I love dearly, but driving through New New Jersey, and I'm so sorry, people in New Jersey that are listening to this, but when you're driving through some parts of dun, New Jersey. Yes. When you're driving through some parts of New Jersey and really anywhere in America, um got
1: yourself done.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tony Soprano making his way. Uh I don't know. Sorry I interrupted. Now, I go now I'm thinking about Gabagool <laughs> and cannolis, uh, oh, all the cannolis. Um
1: to not interrupt you, sorry. <laughs> no, Jersey, driving through New that's Jersey. That's the best kind of interruption, don't you dare. Gobbly gook, gobbly gook. gook. Um, driving through New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, just to your
0: point, having beautiful places in port are, are, are really important. And yeah, to, to your point, that's fundamentally why I do what I do. Having people live in places that allow them to be... Live the, the type of lives that everyone deserves to live. Lives that are, you know free from worry about food insecurity, you know, free from worries about obesity because they don't have a park to go to, you know, a place that has uh, employment opportunities so you don't have to worry about health care, right? I mean the landscape can cover all of these fundamental needs and, and uh, rights, you could say that we deserve as, as, as a species and as citizens. And then once you have all of those fundamental needs covered, then you can, you can blossom and you
1: can self actualize, right? If you, if you don't have to worry about, well, that's a provocative word and yeah. and bodily movement, self fact, yeah. the way you moved that way was interesting. So uh, I don't, you know, you, you said my point is like I don't even want to necessarily try to have a point. In fact, I intentionally thought I'm not going to try to have a point with Joe tonight. It's just an anti point group. Well, no points. That's such a normal thing to always want to have a point. Right. Yeah. And I think about some of the other men in our, that we know through wide open and, and elsewhere. And some of one, one guy in particular, his gift is to remind me in particular and to remind us all not to need a point. I wonder if you know who I'm thinking. I do. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it's It's so valuable. And there are, There's another guy who's similar in a sort of poetic, mystical way. And it's it's good to not need a point. The context, of course, here is of, that people are hopefully listening and, and wanting to have some sort of takeaway. And I guess knowing that, if I do have a point, it is, as you just um, kind of insinuated, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but almost as if there's and objectivity to beauty there's a you use the word Venn diagram or phrase Venn diagram it's almost as if no matter who you are and your and where you're from and what your experiences are beauty in the it, we have a lot of overlapping understandings of what beauty is and that's important because it basically points out the f- that we do it to ourselves and um That we, I think, one of the, the only real, maybe tragedy of the human, our society in general, and the human experience is that we, we get in our own way. Right. No other species would tolerate what we tolerate. Yeah. Or even be able to handle it. Maybe they may not survive it well yeah we we get to that point uh we do we're, we're we're at that point where
0: we might who knows is it gonna work i don't know
1: Um well yeah the time frame may be more condensed i suspect right. for a lot of other yeah. species because they're probably not as adaptable or yeah um yeah we've gotten creative to say the least it's true we've got for better tools. or worse but beauty well it just begs the question of do you do you think there is a Not that you could know it, but of course, given this work that I'm pointing to, The Blue Zones, and just general, we have enough understanding of what different cultures, so to speak, are like. And if you don't have a respect for the quote unquote natural world or the environment, like you said, it's not going to, you're not going to feel fed in at least that pleasurable way, or maybe not take pride in your work or find purpose. And so it points out that it's not even just about being around the natural world, so to speak, it's about how you're even engaging with it. And I guess to me, I'm always looking for patterns unintentionally. And there's a pattern that I perceive here and almost as if beauty has a certain consistency, of course. <laughs> I
0: think we all know, this is presumptuous, very broad yeah, strokes. we can do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, fine, why not? <laughs> yeah, I think we know, just to come back to like the, the landscape that we live in, I think we, people know, generally speaking, the type of places that make them feel fulfilled and the places that fill your cup, so to speak. Um, we know what feels good, and generally speaking, we know what doesn't feel good, right? Lots of asphalt and lots of driving. Not, not what people like, right? I mean, there's a reason that people vacation in dense, walkable communities, they spend time in your beach towns why do people love beach towns so much they're close to the most elemental thing we can we can be a part of they're close to water they are close to each other right i mean i love beach towns I, that's part of the reason i love it's elemental you're close to your community you're um well it's relaxing for a lot of reasons but yeah i, I think people there i think there's a is an understanding that we know how to make the right places that are beautiful, and I'm not quite sure how we've gotten the, the, I think equation so wrong. Oh, backwards. how we got
1: the. Oh gosh. Well, that's yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, I'm that not. Might take more than this one episode. Yeah, but sorry, I didn't think that's what you were going to say. But go on.
0: But I also think it's important. While there are a lot there are a lot of standards of beauty, and I think we can all agree on certain areas that make us feel really good, you know, not everybody lives, you know, in in these walkable communities that we're a part of. Um and a lot of people do live happy lives, right? All throughout the world and in places that might not necessarily make me happy. So I try not to.
1: No, yeah, that would be obviously very ignorant right. to suggest. So, it's like, there's a gotta uh, be the same, yeah. And it's dangerous to suggest that, of course, right? But there's, patterns are still patterns, I think, though, right?
0: Yeah, there's like elemental um, kernels, right? The communities can look very different, but they can have those those same benchmarks.
1: Yeah, I in the context of landscape, to me, I think about one primary. Factor. How much are we letting it just be itself? Like, how much have we gotten in the way or how much are we controlling it? Mm -hmm. And it's obvious if we don't control what's going to happen, one thing's going to (laughs) happen. What's going to happen, Colin? Well, what we call wild. There's a wildness. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Heaven heaven forbid. (laughs) Heaven forbid it goes wild. Well, that's an that's a clear benchmark for yeah. to um how much are we or are we not in the way how wild is something
0: yeah i think attitudes on that are changing i think we're li- you and i are living at a, a really fascinating time where the wild is more accepted now
1: than it's ever been for probably i would my suspicion is for the reasons we're discussing
0: yeah Yeah, there's an understanding that there is there's value in the wild. There's value in in the unkempt, which has a negative connotation, but it's not. You know, there's a value in in um, you know the organic beauty of of things that don't need to be quite so rigid and quite so
1: controlled. Well, there's a great word, organic. Organic doesn't necessarily mean wild, but obviously, for something to be organic, it has to it has to be slightly more wild than cultivated and domesticated and um processed and civilized etc cetera, etc cetera. Packaged. packaged and we live
0: at a time too where you know if we were having this discussion 300 years ago the wild would mean something really different the wild would m- mean life or death we were we're at a privileged point in history where the wild we don't have to live in the wild right we can choose to be <laughs> in lives of, of relative ease and comfort and, and the wild this can be something that you know w- doesn't hold our fate necessarily we're not we're not living out in it um, But if we were you know 18th or 17th century uh, colonists, right the the desire to control the wild would be a matter of life and death probably right?
1: Yeah, it's a good point that we have that privilege and that it's a unique vantage point yep. in this particular way, almost like a fork in the road of, well, should we back up a little bit in terms of how much we're engineering and controlling and micromanaging right? or not? And I don't know because especially with respect to the unique kinds of um, – Concerns and dramas that we're aware of. And the, the only one that I really feel confident saying is pro- most probable. My friend Seth agrees with this, and he's got a similar background to you. Sure. Um, you know Seth? Have you met Seth Bush? Yes, you know him through Seth Bush. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know him through the men's group as well. Mm-hmm. The sea levels rising is the only one that's most likely or the only one that we can be pretty certain about at this point as far as climate change goes. Of course, we can assume certain domino effects from that, but that's the one that we can be relatively confident about. And with that awareness, yeah, I think the people need to... The people who have certain power are trying to figure out, maybe not with the same language, do we continue to try to engineer and manage it all and control it all, or slow down a bit and stop or at least back up and and take a different approach to what we could call the wild um probably got a bit of, a bit of both yeah and again though the fun thing to me is like yeah we're we're realizing more about ourselves and what we need and what we value and hopefully with that we can to me the hope is arrive at new understandings of how to make this whole thing better for as much of life, as many of us as possible. Yeah. And to you, well, not to you, but what I gather about your work is that literally um, re- it sounds like there's a need for there to be less. You even use the distinction asphalt and bike trails, or no? Did you, how did you say it? What do you? Well, more green and less gray. More gray. <laughs> that's probably the best strategy. <laughs> yeah, way that's that you pretty it, direct. Right? Yeah, yeah. I guess the you know we've basically been circling around this. I guess. Yeah. I think we've we've cooked it.
0: Yeah. This is. Yeah. I. The environment, and you know. I guess the last thing I would say is, was is it the Mas- Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like once you yeah. have food and shelter and security and you know all those things, you can you can self-actualize, right? You can you can you have the you have the luxury and you have the the, the opportunity to think about art and culture and spirituality, and you know we're at this point, kind of just circling around what a couple of things that we've said. The wild isn't as dangerous in certain ways, right? Now those big climate change, um, you know, massive tectonic, tectonic shifts, you know, we have to respond to that. And if we don't, you know, civilization will look really different in a hundred years than it does now. Um, but you know what we're talking about, like this local level, we we live lives of relative ease and comfort, and so we can look at our environment critically now and, and realize that we need ecology and we need, um, you know, we need green, we need more green and less gray. So we're at that interesting point where we're, you know, we're not scrapping out a living on the frontier. Um, so we can really be critical and and think about our environment in, and, you know, think about the wild in new ways.
1: Yeah, the word wild doesn't have the same meaning for sure. Right. We know there are probably areas that are wild and they may have that danger to them. It's a good point. Well, that wasn't meant to be a point. No, I'm, we, <laughs> obviously you know because you can see that I'm thinking. But would you agree that the the need really doesn't come down to thinking about how are we going to survive? Like you said, the, the survival needs are somewhat taken care of, but that actually this is a time where we can realize that this kind of happiness that is relevant to the blue zones or relevant to clearly a lot of people that actually is possible for most of us if we redesign the literal landscape yeah and i guess it seems so obvious to say it. that's why it's hard to think of. like is there a question to really throw at you i'm thinking about yards and do we like what kind of specific other than walk being able to walk more and bike more and um let more green less gray like what do you think about even the the specific kinds of um, totems we have, like yards.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, that's probably one of the the most obvious places that you could start, right? You know, less fertilizer on your lawn, you know, less clipped, uh, neatly clipped and trimmed hedges. I mean, that's a product of post-war, you know, uh, chemical surplus, right? Um, Fertilizers and, and whatnot, and that's really shape the landscape that we're a part of now. But yeah, I mean, I guess what, what you know, part of what you're, you're you're talking about is there's a lot of relatively simple things that we can do uh, in our own backyards that start to- And front. And, and front <laughs> that, um, yeah, reshape and kind of redefine our, our, our relationship with
1: with nature. Um, well, how much of your work involves education? Maybe that's a specific point. Because I'm thinking mm, about permaculture yeah. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about that before? And No, but we should. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we have to do it now. We could talk about anything. but um... Well, clearly this is a relevant theme. So, yep. um, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about what your work as an educator involves. And I'm assuming since the word permaculture was yeah. something you seemed to jump on that. It's part of it.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: And what does that mean? Yeah,
0: You know, well, permacultural and, and, you know, edible landscapes thinking about our environment not just as something that's static and, wow, that's beautiful, which is important, but also a landscape that, you know, maybe we can think about how we integrate food and nourishment uh, into a front yard or a backyard. Um, Education's a huge part of what we do. Not so much in a you know, I'm going, you know, Joe College going to a classroom, which we do that too in you know, talking with students. That is that is also a part of what we do um, as a profession. But educating the public on the importance of green and the importance of trees. You'd be surprised how little people know about trees and why they're good for um, good for everything. I mean, there's a million reasons we should have more trees. I sound like a Lorax, but trees are amazing. And a lot of people don't realize that they're not just, you know, oh, Lorax. a a stick with some fluff on the top, which is fine. Like a lot of people don't learn about trees. And I really love talking about, um, you know, the importance of of those sorts of things and talking about water quality. And There's some things that aren't as sexy that you kind of have to relate in in ways that are are a little more interesting. Um, But education is, is huge and understanding why the natural world works the way it does and, why it's important for, to have parks. You would, you know, the important, one shocking education thing, you know, when we talked about parks and recreation, in parks and recreation, there's a lot of people that get angry about parks and we don't want parks. And I remember watching that show and I thought, ha ha ha, that's so funny. People love parks. And it's not true. A lot of people are very angry when a park comes to town. If we're, we're, you know, a new green space is is getting built or a new trail is getting built, there's a lot of misconceptions about, what those are, and that they'll bring crime, and they'll bring undesirable elements, and that there'll be places where kids are, are you know, drinking beers uh, in the parking lots all hours of the night, and noise complaints, and like, there's a lot of misconceptions. Like birds will be pooping on everything because, you know, we had a woman that didn't want trees in this new park because it would bring birds, and those birds would poop on her car. It's like no, you can't do that. And to me, that would that was so far from my logic, um, but the educational component is you know talking about the reasons that they are essential right for for beauty and for health and for the environment and for our own you know mental state of being there's the the and, and I'm going off on a tangent but the the trees there's a tree hospital study i mean i'm i'm not quoting the the exact part of it but the idea was you know it was maybe 20 years ago
1: tree hospital right trees Near hospitals, yeah, maybe? yeah. So there the, was a, a case study where there were not where the trees go to get their <laughs> no,
0: limbs no, it was is it? <laughs> no, we need, <laughs> we need more bark stat no. tree jokes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're really barking up the wrong tree, Colin.
1: <laughs> I feel like an NPR dork right now or something. I'll show
0: myself out. Thank it you very much. It's been me. a pleasure. No, the, the can we try your shreddy balls? <laughs> The idea was you have people um, in two identical hospital environments, but the one view in the one hospital environment when you're getting better has trees in your window. The other has no trees. It's just gray, you know, parking lots or building rooftops. And the people that saw trees got better faster, which blows my mind. I think that's incredible.
1: Again, always looking for patterns, certain consistencies, not because their needs, not because everything should be the same, but because I do believe that some kind of unifying understanding is critical. And that to me just hits so many nails on the head because it's all about my whole thing, which is wellness or real wellness or the the actual objective things that are True for all of us, no matter what the variables and not abstract, not artificial, not constructs. Yeah. Trees. And and part of what's so this is such a fascinating conversation for me because you're you are go on. You normally <laughs> sorry. I've rarely seen you even when we've been in those conversations with wide open, and you've shared some arguably heavy things, you've been through a lot this year, regardless sure. of the the macro and the and what everybody else is dealing with. Yeah. You're so, I would say, measured or, or clear or collected. That's the perception that comes across that way. And I think I sometimes come across that way too, but the difference that I perceive, like I'm fired up about this stuff in the sense like I'm aware like it it kind of drives me nuts that these things that are so obvious aren't yeah. aren't apparent to most of us yet and why the hell not and how, yeah. of course I, I sleep at night for the record <laughs> and I sleep well, but I'm conscious of this, this state within myself of feeling, even angry about the fact that these things that are that I would call obvious, and I know people who hate that when I use that word because it's insulting. It's like, well, they freaking should be obvious. Right. But you don't ever seem to have that kind of attitude of of being anything other than measured with it.
0: I appreciate you saying that. You catch me on my good days, is what that must be. I've no,
1: seen you on a lot of different kinds of that's days, true. man.
0: And I, I enjoy. That's part of the fun. I, when someone's coming from a, a totally different perspective, and maybe they don't have the same understanding of trees that I do, or the same understanding of of wellness, generally speaking. You know, it could be emotional wellness, or you know, uh, kind of this like contextual landscape, you know, environmental wellness. People come at it from different points of view, um, and I think part of the joy is is sharing that with people, and realizing that. Generally speaking, I think I and I would say we are are part of a movement, a very exciting movement. But I wouldn't necessarily say we're the majority. I would say that mm. this might be, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, and not everybody's moving in the same direction. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of education to be had, and I think that's really exciting because. You know what we're all everything that we've talked about tonight is good for. You know mental health and physical well-being and the environment and it's good for so many reasons. That there's so much exciting and sh- excitement for me in sharing that with people, um, and if that's a fundamental truth, I think once you realize that, I think people want those things. They want health. They want a healthy environment. They want to feel good about themselves, they wanna be connected. Um, at least been, that, that's my experience. And I get angry too. I get angry that things aren't moving fast enough, but I try to keep in mind that all the systems that we've created are the results of millions of small actions, and those actions are led by people, and people are essentially good. And if you can very slowly educate those people and and show them, you know, at least my understanding of, of the lives we could have, people are inclined to say, do you know what, that's a damn good idea. I'm going to uh, plant more trees or you know, I'm going to walk to work today or, you know, maybe I'll eat uh, one less hamburger this week, whatever it is. You know, it's like make those tiny modular adjustments to how they live i think that's super exciting
1: brought to you by what's that beyond meat (laughs) meat.
0: (laughs) i don't know where that leaves us but um and i appreciate you you saying that measured that sounds that sounds nice
1: no it's 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 not just nice it's well it, it i'm highlighting how you're authentically you walk your talk clearly as i know you pretty well at this point consistently and you are not bullshitting in any way one of the main things that stands out we didn't talk about um the election at all and rightfully so because it's just kind of a waste of energy and... <laughs> here here <laughs> but uh here, here. when we go. went on that bike ride <laughs> that recent one yeah you very specifically acknowledged how you you wouldn't condemn anyone for any particular um, perspective politically, so to speak. I put it. I, mean, I would put that word "politically" in quotes because it really doesn't just mean one thing, in my opinion. They sure. We're talking about the environment is "quote unquote" politics. Talking about valuing lawns or not, or valuing green over gray is political, in my opinion. at Can this be point. yeah. yeah. Um, but more importantly, you very specifically said you wouldn't at all condemn anybody regardless of their perspective or, or um, if they literally voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. And you would, in, you would still find some way to connect. And I know you mean it, and I yeah. know you would. <laughs> I think about... I appreciate that. You are as much... Uh, committed to connecting and, and being empathetic as any person I think I've ever met or heard of. I appreciate that. I, I, I think of
0: ju- that judgment that you were, we were kind of talking about. Condemning. Condemning. You know, yeah, It just pushes me so far away from other people. Right, like I, a perfect example is, you know, my extended family, like second or third cousins, right? Um, wonderful people, vote for Trump, vote, you know, um, very conservative on on every ticket, very vocal about that. Believe, you know, in the political and 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 event realm, probably the opposite of of me in every single way, and you know, th- this same person that I'm thinking about specifically, I still have such tremendous respect for, you know, um, this second, third third cousin, whatever they are, you know, when my grandfather was, was really sick last year, brought, you know, came from the same, grew up in the same town as my grandfather um, out, out in the Pittsburgh area and, you know, was reminiscing with my grandfather. My grandfather was dying and he was really sick. And brought so much joy talking about Pittsburgh to my grandfather in his final days, and you know, whenever I think of people being really divided and, and hating the person, the other, quote unquote, which is a stupid division, but on the other side, I think of this family member of mine who, you know, believes the total opposite of what I do in every single way. But they're, but then I in the same lockstep i think of the joy that they brought to someone that i care about so deeply and the fact that they're a really good person genuinely a good person that you know if i were on the side of the road and i needed help from somebody you know they wouldn't um bat an eyelash in in helping me out um yeah and i just think the 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 judge and judgment and the condemnation um on both sides right you know libertarian Democrat, Republican, whatever you believe, the belief that the other side is your enemy and there's nothing to be gained from, um, I think is really sad because we all want the same things.
1: There's a different belief, I think, that's really at the core of it, which you asked the question, like why does, you you threw it out there and we said, well, that's a whole different conversation. But I, I do think the answer is simple. And we've talked about this in Wide Open and, and I would call it believing in absolutes. We, it's, if there's any slippery slope, it's the, the thinking that this is the way and will always be the way and needs to be the way for everything and everyone, no matter what, in any context, et cetera. And just, yeah, I'm moving my hand further and further away because it's just a reflection of how far you can go with that and not even know that you've even started walking that direction in the first place. It's quick, it's easy to come back from, but you can go you can live your whole life walking that path. Right. And it's the care I have to be careful because it's a paradox if I were to say that it's of course not good to do that. And that's to me the primary challenge in any of these contexts even wanting to normalize more green over gray. Right. <sighs> what I'm of course acknowledging about you and and yes, I'm complimenting it, but it's more just reflecting it because it's it's so so fucking important is the sp- the the way you would go about something as opposed to just going about something. And it it's hard breaking to think about one very personal challenge right now which is I have a family member who also well I have a number of family members who of course think differently about different whatever blah blah blah. that's not important we all do but one family member who specifically is so so ready to just label it all evil it's all evil that's evil that's evil that's evil that's evil to evil is like and it it's such uh, a difficult (laughs) tendency to witness because i get it but i can't see how it's healthy and and good to to view others as evil to think that way, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Thank you. In case that was sorry, clear. I didn't mean that. No, to to, to clar- good to clarify. I can't see how that's healthy. I can't see it, but it's normal. I can't see how it's healthy though. But the challenge then, like in what we are obviously to me, it's obvious. Exploring and wide open is, yeah. You can you can be <laughs> solid in a sense that could per- be perceived could be perceived as um whole or or complete or static or done Mm -hmm. but you're not because part of what you've established is the openness to something always new right and i i just think that the opposite of that is is the tragic norm and it's hard to hard to know what to do with that because yeah. it's so easy. So regardless of whatever, yeah, whether you go to a college, whether you go to a, a town meeting, whether you go to a church, you probably know that and you're probably conscious of that, which is what I'm reflecting on you, reflecting back in you is you can't just tell people we're going to just put a lot of parks because yeah. <laughs> it's not, it can't be that black and white right now. But Somehow, as a collective, we do have to agree on things, and that's that's why I'm saying that's so fat, such a fascinating and a, and a energizing for me. It's extremely energizing to be focused on that challenge. Like, well, how can we come to better yeah. agreements? It seems like we have to understand that particular challenge of not walking that path. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so and. You're right. It's such a slippery slope. It can happen so easily.
1: That's well, what we talked about on that part of the bike ride, right? We did. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's not just in the things oh, that the we've The unknown. Talk- yeah. Remaintaining the, we use the word mystery. That's what That's it was. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yes. Which is is its own really important element. Um, but it's like it, that, you know, I just think of my, my, my life, like that relates to so many different elements, right? You know, I've been vegetarian, I've been plant-based for a long time. And that's one of many ways that, you know, you can hold judgment, right? Right? Like you can hold judgment against people that don't eat the way you do. You know, I ride my bike a lot. You could hold judgment against people that don't, you know, ride their bikes more. And it's such a slippery slope that you can do something that's really healthy for yourself and hold a belief that really serves you and, and, and it is good for you but at the same time hold that condemnation for people that don't do the same and that's where the distinction comes that's i think is just so uh divisive right like i'm doing a really good thing why aren't you that
1: rather than i'm doing a really good thing what are you doing and what's well, the thinking problem right it's only a divisive it's a divisive way of thinking exactly and it's only divisive
0: yeah, it's a divisive rather than inclusive way of yeah. coming at a problem. Yeah, you know, it's like if somebody says, like, you know, um, keto diets, right? It's not my thing.
1: Well, any diet, man. It's like that's <laughs> right? the obvious one. That's a good. That's <laughs> a good point. But you know, like that's so, you and I don't even eat the same way.
0: No, not a, and yeah, and that's although we both enjoy good
1: breakfast foods. We both enjoy. <laughs> that's right. Right. I think. I think we can agree on that. Let's go back to Rhinebeck after this. Good plate of flapjacks and some home fries. Yeah, I'll do what I need to do tonight and tomorrow morning back up to Rhinebeck. Yes, we sure do. More important, obviously, the the (laughs) point being what we're describing, and we've arrived at in this clearly unintentional way, I think is the description of of... What's most paramount as far as what's needed, and that is to you, you call it self um, the word. I don't use the phrase you've said, self Self actualized. actualized. Thank you. I I like to say that. Yeah. That it sounds as if, is it fair to say that a key aspect of being quote unquote self actualized (laughs) is knowing that you're. you're knowing that the it's as important, if not more important, to here yeah, this is a simple way to say it, knowing it is as important to be open to what's to something new as it is to um, understand where you're coming from in that moment constantly. Because period. You, and if you do that, you won't be afraid
0: right. of new things and therefore you won't, in theory, demonize,
1: vilify. Not just in theory, in practice. Yeah. You, you couldn't. Yeah. You could not. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to put, Except when, and this is the challenge, Yeah, it seems like maybe you do need to take a really solid stance, which is what's so freaking hard personally. Right. I don't know, like- Maybe you're right about that stance, but I'm not sure. How can you be so sure? I mean, there's certain absolutes, right? Like, okay, certain absolutes. Really? <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Uh, no, let's start over. Then, well, what, what did we do? <laughs> no, no, there are though. and like, you're, you're right, but you know, maybe they're not obvious. What are they? To you? Well, so what I was going to say
0: is, you know, um, an obvious one: anti-Semitism. Really b- awful, bad stuff. Right? Like, that's not something I would say, well, do you know what? Gosh, they really have a point on that whole anti-Semitism thing. Maybe I should think about that. You know, that, that's, that's one of those those areas. And it, it makes me think of, there was a, a video that I saw a while ago. It was about a black man down in, in the South who was befriending the uh, Ku Klux Klan members. Right? Uh-huh. And there were a lot of members of the African-American community that were really upset about that. Um, he said, how could, how could you do that? How could you befriend them? And he was a blues, you know, I think he was a guitarist, like a blues guitarist down in the deep South. And he would connect with these Klansmen on music. And they would talk about Chuck Berry and they talk about Elvis and they would talk about Bruce Springsteen. And they would realize that, you know, that was kind of his subversive way. Like, of course he's not supporting white supremacy in any way, but he's recognizing the humanity of these people. And by, by finding those common values, that would naturally call into question, you know, the people that had different views than him, you know, obviously felt um, felt differently um, about who he was as a black man in America. It started to change their perspective. Um, if that makes sense.
1: Well, I think you got to unpack it further because you're you were describing absolutes.
0: Yeah. It's a tricky thing, Colin.
1: I feel my brain coming out
0: of my ears. I when I as I said
1: that <laughs> Absolutes. oh no no. Well, to me if there were how did has well, how does that phrase go certain absolutes or um You talking about the Obi-Wan quote? No, what you said a second ago, there are certain absolutes. That was pretty I think that was that, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. To much me it. that would mean there are core agreements. Mm-hmm. That's to me that would have to be synonymous, but Well, the one you just described about... I mean, to me, it's not obvious that... It's not absolute that anti-Semitism is bad. I guess the... Nor is it absolute that racism itself is bad or any kind of prejudice is bad or any kind of... um, I don't think that's a clear absolute, unfortunately. I think... But the... hmm. I think what you were getting at was more the the what's consistently true is the potential to connect in the um, to truly connect as opposed to being caught up in the superficial right and the the yeah the, to truly connect and not get caught up in the superficial the the identities and the the surfacy whatnot
0: yeah even people that have, really strong polarizing views are still, they still have wants and desires. They're still human beings. And I think, I guess it's taking a step back from seeing anybody, no matter what they believe, as their beliefs. Like, oh, that's, you know, Deborah the Republican, or, you know, James the whatever. Like, oh, that's, oh yeah, they really like Quentin Tarantino movies and we love to talk about that. Or, you know, they,
1: You know, like... That's another living being.
0: Yeah, that respect and and dignity that you can afford any living creature.
1: Yeah, and you ideally, to me, can go further. I think there are three primary um, neurological or neuroses or psychoses uh, that we just don't even realize we're um, succumbing to, that are just part of the playbook. Um, we described two of them pretty clearly, and this will be the third one. The two we described, well, not clearly necessarily, but <laughs> somewhat, is the the need for the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that we've kind of played around with is um, respect for... It's kind of same as an unknown, but that it, there's never going to be an ending. It's there's constant newness. Right. But the other one here is the inherent interconnectivity and interdependence, and dare I say, oneness of all of existence. There is no absolute separation, and that's not just some sort of spiritual or philosophical point. That's biology. That's right. real. That's what I call reality. To right. negate that is to negate what's real. So. You're, I, th- I don't know if this is what you were getting at, but I, I think it could be related, is that what's absolute is no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what your thinking about yourself is, no matter what your stories are, no matter what you tell yourself, yeah. what's still true is that whoever's in front of you or next to you or on your mind, so to speak, is in a very real sense you. <laughs> no i don't mean i don't mean it that way i it's meant true. it no i i think like it's I do agree with you're you. all we're i hate trying to oversimplify things into the whole oneness because it's too, it's overdone but separation just isn't real so i you brought up anti-semitism which is such a specific component and you brought up the Ku Klux Klan, and obviously racism and mm-hmm. those are Ideally, things that we wouldn't be dealing with as a species, but I think that the the why is because we lit- we believe in separation as an absolute, and that's cuckoo. It's cuckoo for cocopuffs.
0: Do you know who would agree? Fred Rogers. Fred
1: freaking Rogers, yeah. yeah, and George Bailey probably.
0: And George Bailey,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The
0: you know the, the common understanding that we are all. You're right, that we're all
1: one has kind of a... Well, it's part of the story. It's part of what's true. We're all... Yeah, yeah people say that. It's like, oh, Okay, I know where you're coming from. I think it's more accurate to say that separation isn't real. Meaning you're still Joe and I'm still Colin, but the separation isn't real. So we could, of course, arrive at some profound understanding and maybe we'd f- experience the the profound and it would be, it would be pleasant and beautiful and bring us a sense of happiness. Yes, that we are quote unquote one from us in a certain context, but I would still be living as if you are uh, obviously an individual and interdependent from me, but right. yeah, I don't believe that the whole oneness thing is going to uh, change people's minds. I think understanding that the separation isn't real. Yeah. The stories that we tell ourselves and that we used to, de- which I, you use the word stories,
0: which mm. I really like. It's uh, a good word for it. It is. Yeah. It, they don't define us. And we are, you know, complex and multifaceted and hope and have dreams that are more multidimensional than who we vote for or what a ballot looks like.
1: Right. So that. <clears throat> Well, if somebody in your, like, close to you was, was really using that word evil mm-hmm. in the ways that we're describing, would you feel uncomfortable?
0: If I had a family member say,
1: wow, that group is really evil. And a lot, like, consistently, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I do have family members that have very strong f- opinions about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I guess I would assume a, a, you know a lot of families do and friends that view certain things as, you know, diametrically opposed to their core beings and they're kind of the blinders are down. Um, and I see how they've gotten to that point and you know they're articulate on why they feel that way and it really makes them feel a certain way. And I don't think it serves them, I think it's really, I think it's really hard to hold on to something like that. Um, I don't know. I guess it comes back to the judgment, right? You know, I have a family member that believes something really strong, even if they believe something really strong about me. they obviously have reasons for feeling that way, right? There's a the whole li- you know, linear trajectory that's led them to the person that they are. And I think it behooves me to try to understand where they're coming from. Um, and I think, I don't know. Some, I don't know <laughs> what I think, Colin.
1: I think you want people to see something.
0: Being the example, I guess that's the, no in matter by example no yeah, matter what you're right?
1: doing that clearly i think that
0: for me that's the only thing that i i can really count on a lot of times
1: is sure and that comes up in wide open a lot yeah
0: yeah like you can tell somebody something until you're blue in the face that you you know you think this is maybe you should think about it this way or maybe this is a better way of of operating um or the shoulds like you should do this you should do that which is dangerous um mm-hmm. but by being an example and living a, trying to live a life that's maybe less uh, combative or less uh, diametrically opposed to other ways of, of thinking, life that's more joyful, a little more happy uh, in certain ways. You know, I'd, I'd hope that that's, that has as much power as um, if not more than, you know, pontificating about what you believe is right.
1: I think, and unfortunately the clock is relevant to this, but I think that's a <laughs> good, that's a good pausing place that the, uh, the primary. Yeah. Leading by example live and letting your life, your way of living, be the, the the main representation of what you want people to see and how right. you want people to what you want people to get and you don't even have to consciously want it but just yeah if you're going to be self actualized lead by example yeah
0: i mean it could go for anything
1: like it does go for anything you know from biking and walking and yeah. and changing your lawn to engaging with people who are seemingly uh, opposed to yeah on the surface something about you or something about your loved one or your neighbor or friend or whatever but right. yeah, go on.
0: No, I was gonna say I mean you could you know talk to a family member and say, Do you know what family member I'm Colin and I think you should bike ride more. you know you're packing on the pounds, the winter weight it's really hitting you. you should you should really move more movement is really important because obviously it is. You could do that, or live a life where you move, and you're active, and you're bike riding, and say, "Wow, that family member of mine, Colin, he's a really happy guy, contented. Might be the you know a, b- a better word. He's you know seems like he's in good shape. He seems like he's in a good place in the world. What's he doing? Well, he bikes a lot. Well, maybe I'll give that a try. Or you know, he's doing X, Y, whatever it is. But being that positive example in the world that you know the the energy that you put in the world. that can be its own, that can be its own message. I think that's the most important message.
1: I agree. Yeah, and with respect to where we started with wide open, I know that it's always about, on a, for me, okay, yes, lead by example. How can I do that and have a clear message? Um, how can I do that best? It's yeah. a constant question. I think
0: those are <laughs> fundamentally linked, yeah. right? I mean, I think the the best living by example
1: is well, by I know folks that who know think, what they are. They, yeah, but I know people who talk about living by example and they're not seemingly, they perceive me as ambitious. It's like, okay, I think mm-hmm. I know what you mean, but that's possible that it's just relative and that's the difference between you and me, but I, th- I think I get it but i'm just i'm acknowledging that yeah the you it's pointless if you're not living or leading by example so to speak or representing what you actually care about and right. that being said i know for me it still matters to what extent can you catalyze something too somewhat deliberately yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely or very deliberately and how do we do that is the
0: topic of our next discussion
1: yes Whenever that might be. When we're sponsored by Beyond Meat. Sponsored by Wells Fargo, Beyond Meat. And what was the other one? Was there another one? Maybe not. Well, this has been lovely. I didn't know what to expect. I wonder if it's like the evening thing. I've never done an evening episode. I love it. We've got the candlelight. Um, This has been lovely. It was delightful to to have the sun set. It did set. And the
0: planes are landing in the airport. (laughs) Wow. Well, it was, that was really nice. I appreciate you having me on. You know, I, I, I really value your opinion and, and, and who you are. Um, you know, the energy you put out into the world, um, I, that's, that, I appreciate that a lot. And it really, it really fills me. And I, I just, what you do and, and how you conduct yourself as a man and, and as a person, um, I really appreciate and I, I think there's there's a lot of people that do. And this whole enterprise that you're working on right now, sharing what you believe. Um, I think there's a lot of value in it. And you know, if the two people that are listening to this podcast, the three people you know listen to this episode.
1: Thanks, Timmy and Tommy. <laughs> exactly. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate that too. Um Anything you want to add? I think we're done. I think that's
0: a great way to end it. Thanks for having me. And
1: this was a real treat. Are we going to bro hug? Or is that true? Is that okay? We're going to get close then. (laughs) (laughs) Inhale first, hold breath. I hold my breath and hug. All right. We're getting off and we're going to bro hug. Thank you for listening. Ta ta for now. Let's make it really loud. That's good, yeah, it was. Okay, did you get it? Did you get the point, people? It doesn't have to be one. That was my main takeaway after my con- after the conversation with Joe, which um, was last night. Uh, I've been marinating on it for about a day, or it's been, yeah, I've had a day to sort of be with it and there doesn't need to be a point but why is that significant obviously i could make a point about why i think the really really key kernel is if we don't prioritize a certain way of being aware of ourselves or just let's just hopefully call it self-awareness we as a the kind of animal that we are we end up going to an excessive place. We go on this path, and we just keep going down that one singular limited path. And we forget that we need to stay open to something new. And if ever there is some sort of, quote-unquote, slippery slope, it is that tendency to lose lose sight of the simple fact that we need to remember to explore and remember to welcome the newness because it is always going to be a mystery. Something's eventually gonna slap you upside the head or (laughs) surprise you. And if you remember that that's part of life, it is just. How do you oversimplify that? It, it's it's what I call real wellness, but I, I wish I need to find some other ways to phrase it. Hopefully, over the next few uh, podcasts, we we come up with some other ways. But it's clearly not a value, or it isn't a way of living that is valued enough in obviously my opinion and i really do think that is just true and i'm i'm on team mystery if we're gonna if we're gonna be on a team we gotta we've gotta remember the value of the mystery and to negate the mystery is a dangerous tendency it's all it's a fail safe for the kinds of concerns that we are that many of us, I think, are, are recognizing are, are endemic. The isms, the absolutisms, the fascisms, the totalitarianisms, remembering to that the mystery is part of life is a necessary piece, and it is a beautiful fail-safe. <laughs> that's what I took from my chat with Joe. All right. I hope you enjoy... Movement Matters. Um, I forget who's going to be on the next episode, but we have quite a few exciting guests coming up for you. Like I said, good friend Alex Tonigas. We have the musician Joshua Howard. We've got another musician lined up some, for a coming week. Um, a fellow movement coach coming up, Brian Nevison, whose business is Smiles Take You Miles. Lots of good folk, lots of good food for thought. Stay with us.